Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This is Ion Veterans Weekend, a roundup of the week's most important stories affecting those who served. Presented by University of Maryland Global Campus. There are nearly 20 million, 20 million military, military veterans, veterans in, in the U.S. Each week, we focus on their stories. Powered by ConnectingVets.com. This, this is CBS Ion Veterans. Ion Veterans. Welcome to another edition of CBS Ion Veterans. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. This week, we'll meet a fashion icon or at least one of the vets behind the massively popular t-shirt brand, Grunt Style. At the end of the day, if you look at it, we're not selling uh, garments, we're not selling apparel, we're selling an idea, and that idea is love of country. With a dash of whiskey, bacon, heavy metal, and uh, stuff you're probably not supposed to say out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll hear why everyone should be fired up about burn pits. We, Burn Pits 360, years ago, pulled up the air sampling from the World Trade Center, pulled up the air sampling from Balad, and we found 10 to 12 dioxins that were the same dioxins. And why the VA and Congress are both failing. It's not fair that the survivor widow that called me earlier has to call a nonprofit from Texas to get help that the VA should be offering. They need to fulfill the intent of why they're there. That's all coming at you next. Now, in this next couple segments, we're going to talk about something that is probably known best as the Agent Orange of our time. There's a situation that's ongoing right now that definitely needs everyone in this country's attention, and not the least of which Congress needs to wake up and hear this. Let me just start by saying that during the global war on terrorism, government contractors burned up to 227 metric tons of hazardous waste at forward operating bases. That's right, the fobs over there in the desert, where our men and women are stationed. Well, they burn things with jet fuel in ground pits. And the things they're burning to get rid of because you don't have a trash man coming every Tuesday at a forward operating base. The things they're burning include batteries and medical waste, ammunition, human waste, animal carcasses, rubber and chemicals, and more. Just think about the smoke that's going to emanate from a burn pit burning all that garbage. 
and it creates toxins. And these toxins have had a traumatic impact on the lives and service members and their families. Some of the devastating health conditions suffered by veterans exposed include neurological disorders, lung and pulmonary disorders, and rare forms of cancer, and many have even more unexplained symptoms. There have been thousands of deaths resulting from these invisible wounds of war, and I take this most seriously and most sincerely as a guy who just lost his brother a week ago from colon cancer. Now joining us here is somebody that's ready to roll her sleeves up and for the last decade has been trying to do something about it to right these wrongs and to get our veterans the care and coverage that they so rightfully deserve. Rosie Torres joins us as the executive director and co-founder of Burn Pits 360 Veterans Organization. Rosie, thanks for joining me today. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to be here. You know what? You and I have been going back and forth about this upcoming military toxic exposures conference. We've been talking about all the good work you guys are getting ready to do and and and, and really have been doing. Uh, but I think it's important as we sort of shed a light on this toxic exposure issue uh, to first share kind of how you got involved in advocating for this. Yeah, sure. Um, in 2007, my husband got deployed to Camp Anaconda, uh, Balad, Iraq. And, uh, you know, we're just living our lives. I was working at the VA. Uh, he uh, was deployed as a reservist. Um, so his civilian job, he was a uh, state police for 14 years here in the state of Texas. Um, so everything was, you know, it was going as planned, got deployed. But um, I recall one, one day that he told me that um, he was having respiratory issues and they, they were going to quarantine him while in Balad. And so although that was a little concerning, it wasn't, alarming because I thought, well, you know, the body's climatizing their stuff, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, never talked about a burn pit or anything like that. But um, right upon his uh, return, he uh, bega immediately began, uh, w was taken to a hospital, actually. I, w I remember uh, taking him here locally and, um, and, and just really, try you know, wondering, like, what was going on? But a lot of it he was hiding from me because he didn't really tell me everything until after the fact. But the issue was that, you know, he, he just couldn't breathe. And then it, it progressed to worse and worse to the point where like he collapsed in the bathroom and our boys were like trying to lift him up and to help him breathe. Right. But it was from his deployment to Balad, Iraq, where, where we finally, finally, you know, after a, a couple of years of uh, trying to, you know, face this system of delay and deny, within the VA healthcare system in DOD that uh, we eventually found out from Dr. Robert Miller over at Vanderbilt that he was suffering from not a somatoform disease, which is what VA and DOD were implying through their uh, assessments, um, but really truly uh, fibrosis of the lungs and the progressive lung disease from uh, due to toxic inhalation. So that's really how I got involved. Like that's really... Uh, our, my why is, is to how this organization came about, right? It's like you made a, you make a promise to someone you love. You talked about your brother a few minutes ago. When you love someone, you go to the ends of the earth to uncover uh, the truth, to get justice, and that's what happened. I made my husband a promise, and here we are a decade later. 
I think it's amazing, and what a lot of people don't understand is that when you were in the military and you get out, whether you are you know, fully retired and you do 20 years or you do a few years, uh, people seem mm-hmm. to think, oh, you do time in the military, you get great health coverage. You get this awesome VA that is there and they'll just you know, give you your physical every year and they'll help you. <laughs> and like, you got it made in the shade because you were in the military. Most people don't get the fact that like the VA like really does search for reasons to make you eligible for the care. You have to prove beyond like some shadow of a doubt that you definitely deserve mm-hmm. to be cared for and that your illness is somehow service connected. And I read in an article you sent me um, about the VA uh, that the figures show an astonishingly low rate of approval <clears throat> of burn pit claims. Um, considering there are what, 200 and some thousand veterans that have registered now that said, Hey, I served in an area overseas during the global war on terror. And I was near a burn pit, 200 and some thousand people have said that, but there are only 10,500 and some claims out of the 10,000 claims, only 2,360 veterans had their benefits granted, which means they turned down 8,000 people who said, Hey, I was serving in an area like your husband, in Balad, Camp Leatherneck, wherever, Helmand Province, Afghanistan. I was serving over there. 8,000 and some people got denied for coverage. What do you think needs to happen? And what are you fighting for right now specifically? Bottom line is presumption, right? I'll give you one reason why. The, the Social Security Administration uh, has acknowledged that the lung disease that my husband suffers from and many others. The, the Social Security Administration has already acknowledged this as a compassionate allowance, meaning that that it's already in their, uh, it's already been classified as an illness due to toxic inhalation. And so it's compensable. People can receive a compensation from that, right? So there's a category for it, but not not according to the VA, right? So one one administration one, one agency is granting disability for those suffering from inhalation, uh, lung damage, but, but not us, not the VA. They, they don't seem to think that uh, there's a connection to anything. So it, it, what needs to happen is presumption. If there's 2,000 out of 10, we know there's a connection because 2,000 people have been acknowledged as there being an association. But according to the VA's website and their reports, they don't have proof. So we need presumption because with presumption comes health care and then with health care comes, you know, with all those things comes the acknowledgement that there's an association. So you don't have to prove, you don't have to be your own lawyer. Another reason why it, it, it just makes sense to grant them what has already been proven is the 9-11 community. Um, we, Burn Pick 360, years ago, pulled up the air sampling from the World Trade Center pulled up the air sampling from Balad, and we found 10 to 12 dioxins that were the same dioxins. One chemical in Iraq, the toxicity of it doesn't change if it's in New York or it's in Iraq. So we began to see those illnesses and deaths resulting from, right, these exposures. Why make them fight another war when they get home? Grant them presumption. Welcome back to CBS Ion Veterans. I'm your host, former Navy journalist Phil Briggs. We'll return now to our conversation with Rosie Torres, the executive director of Burn Pits 360. 
One of the things we talked about during our interview is just like Agent Orange during the Vietnam era, Iraq and Afghanistan veterans are dying from lung diseases and cancers related to their exposure to toxic chemicals from burn pits. Now to address this, Congress did recently take up a bill called the TEAM Act, Toxic Exposures in Our American Military. But Rosie says the bill as it's written right now won't actually help our veterans. So it sounds to me like the TEAM Act was like, hey, we now give you the authority, Secretary Wilkie, that you said you didn't have. So why does this bill not do enough? It just doesn't uh, give the full the full benefit, right? And so you're still going to have to prove it. It doesn't give you an automatic presumption. It's just really about how to handle claims because the secretary does have the power to add new diseases to the Code of Federal Regulations. He has certain powers that he can make things happen and not make it so, so difficult for these uh, men and women coming back. And what really gets me is that the VA put out an environmental training letter that actually states that these are the dioxins detected and these are the health effects resulting from those dioxins. And that letter was developed for VA adjudicators when they were processing claims. And it's not, it's not fair that, you know, the, the survivor widow that called me earlier has to call a nonprofit from Texas to get help that the VA should be offering, right? right. So it's not just 2,000. And out of those 2,000, how many of those were widows or survivors that were told, absolutely not, figure it out. You're on your own, not our problem. There's no connection. How do you, what? Wait a minute. I thought the VA's motto was to take care of the widow and their child, like not to turn them away. It's an injustice and it needs to be addressed. And we're taking names. I mean, I I know that this is not part of the question, but you know, we do have a registry of 7,000 people, and we have been able to identify them by congressional district. So we're, we're going to hit D.C. hard, and we're, we're going to take names and um, make sure that those members of Congress that we elected into office are held accountable. And if I can just kind of dumb that down even further in just serious layman's terms, uh, the team bill granted the VA the authority to do something but there needs to be a bill that just straight forces them to do it mm-hmm. or not just expect the veteran to use the right words in his claim. You know, he didn't say right. burn pit. Well, he didn't say this dioxin specifically. Um, mm-hmm. a, a sick person dying of cancer shouldn't need to know the vocabulary they have to use in their own That's claim right. in order to get green lit by the veterans administration. Mm-hmm. I mean, the letter's out. That's the part that makes no sense at all. Yeah. If yeah. you look at the VA training letter, they lay it out word for word. Now, during our conversation, Rosie told me about how she's partnering with comic legend John Stewart. The former host of The Daily Show has bashed Congress so hard about the 9-11 first responders that they finally caved and agreed to pay for their health care. Post 9-11, there was a long fight to get New York City's first responders appropriate help to pay for medical costs from the long-term toxic exposures to the collapsed buildings in Lower Manhattan. The nation, and eventually Congress, stood behind our heroes. But now more than ever, we need to focus our support on the post 9-11 war veterans who've been suffering from the debilitating effects of the massive toxic burn pits they were exposed to during service overseas. You guys are teaming up 
August 28th for the Military Toxic Exposures Conference, and you got some real heavy hitters beyond John Stewart. Just tell me a little bit about the conference and who's going to be speaking. Yeah, um, you know, so we have a, a former VA Secretary Shulkin, Dr. Shulkin, will be uh, speaking. Um, Carrie Baker. Uh, Carrie was part of that VA envi- environmental training letter that I mentioned to you. He was part of making that happen, right? A lot of work went on behind closed doors to make sure that those dioxins were published and detected. Um, we have Dr. Anthony Zema. Uh, Dr. Zema has published a study on the dust from Camp Victory. Um, he's done numerous lung biopsies um, and has worked with us for over a decade already. And he worked a lot on the 9-11. Uh, I think was part of the commission and, and has published a lot of studies with that population. Um, Dr. Robert Miller... Uh, from Vanderbilt University, he was the doctor that DOD hired to assess uh, patients from um, that had been deployed and, and had had a history of exposure. And so he uh, is actually the doctor that has been on the Hill way bo- long before we were um, and is also part of uh, our team and continues to work hard on the issues. And then you have John Feel from the Feel Good Foundation. He led the 9-11 advocacy uh, a legislative efforts to what they are now um, and continues to work hard there for the 9-11 community. Oh, and then you'll have Tim Jensen from Grunstow, who's the moderator. And I'm really glad to see that it's kind of online because it is a way that all of us can sort of engage with it. Look, I'd That's love right. to throw a party and have, you know, <laughs> I'd love to put the keg out back, have a bonfire, sit around <laughs> with, uh, you know, Tim from Grunt Style and John Stewart and the other industry and medical experts. Uh, but doing it online is kind of cool because people can actually get a taste of this when they need to. It'll be on demand. Of course, it's going to stream on August 28th, and that's a Friday. But I wanted to know a little bit about how you guys also are going to take this as a tool that's going to educate all the grunts out there. You guys are also ready to call some people out, ready to ready to put some boots to asses. Are you telling us who to call? Yeah, we are. It'll be a, a kickstart to what's to come um, because now I can go to Congressman so-and-so and we can go to Senator so-and-so and say, hey, you know what? Guess what, buddy? You have 350 sick people, right, in your district, so you better start to care <laughs> because before – you could walk the halls of Congress all day and knock on doors. You can show them pictures of people that have died. You can do all that. But, but what they said is go build systemic momentum and come back. And then it, we figured it out. Well, the 9-11 people did it. Let's call them. And wonderfully, you know, have adopted their blueprint and applied it to our, to our uh, uh, cause. You're able to call out those members of Congress that uh, don't seem to care, and then we're able to mobilize those people so that we make them care. I like that because I've always been the guy that says, you should contact your congressperson, you should contact your senator. And you know what? Like, that kind of sucks because, like, you're going to call, you're going to get some well-intentioned meeting staffer on the other end of the phone that's going to take your name Mm -hmm. and take your number and and you can send your email and send your comment. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. it seems kind of toothless. And what I like right. about what you've done with overlaying the burn pit registry with the congressional districts is it's saying, okay, this is where some sick people are, and these are the congressional districts. So even if you don't want to call your congressman, but you want to call them out, maybe you go mm-hmm. to your own Facebook page and say, you know what, man, 
my boy that I served with is right now really sick, and Congressman Jack Rabbit Wilson isn't doing crap about it. And mm-hmm. you can start to build that fire on social media by calling out their name and tagging them in your Facebook posts, tagging them in your That's tweets, right. tagging them on Instagram and saying, look, Congressman Jack Rabbit, you haven't done anything on this. And then let the comment threads fill. Well, I didn't like Congressman Jack Rabbit anyway. He looks shifty. Well, I don't like him. <laughs> I thought he sucked when he got elected. Even if you don't have someone that's been affected, it's like spread the word, right? Like you live in someone's congressional district. Someone there that, that you know or may not know uh, is affected. And so you too can be part of that call to action, right? We have troops that are dying. You know, if you care about that, be part of that call to action. Get on your social media, tag those members of Congress and, and hold their feet to the fire, right? I mean, they're there for us. We elected them. They're not doing us any favors. Like, they need to fulfill the intent of why they're there. Right on. Well, we appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, If you really want to support the troops, it's more than a bumper sticker. It's more than just standing for the damn national anthem. It's sharing some information like this, and it's calling some people out so we can get presumption of illness for definite Mm -hmm. treatment of diseases related to toxic exposures. One hell of a great mission. Rosie Torres, executive director of Burn Pits 360. You can read more at burnpits360.org. And again, this mm-hmm. uh, military toxic exposures conference coming down online, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. Just find it. Um, and that'll be August 28th, 7 p.m. on Friday. Rosie, appreciate you like you don't even know. Thank you so much. Okay, be blessed. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now our next guest does more than just work at a t-shirt company. Over the last several years, millions of people have started wearing t-shirts with crossed rifles on one sleeve and an American flag on the other. The brand is Grunt Style. Military vets, tattooed men and lady badasses, and bearded vet bros everywhere have come to know that more often than not, when you see somebody wearing a Grunt Style shirt, they're also a military veteran. But now the company who's gone from selling millions of shirts is entering the arena we call a lifestyle brand. And as an ambassador for millions of vets everywhere, they're coming at Congress and demanding health care coverage for vets dying right now from diseases linked to exposure to toxic chemicals, which frequently happens in everything from war zones to bases around the world. So here to talk about grunt style, why vets make the best employees, and the upcoming Military Toxic Exposure Conference is Chief Strategy Officer and Marine Corps Combat Veteran, Tim Jensen. Devil Dog, how are you? Well, Phil, it is fantastic to be with you today. It is a fine day here in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm enjoying uh, my ever-loving freedom here every day, and uh, it's great to be on your program. Right on, man. It is good to have you, Tim. And uh, I I can say, full disclosure, that I am a whiskey-loving, bacon-eating, heavy metal, grunt-style, t-shirt-wearing enthusiast. And uh, got a couple of my own. And uh, so much to talk to you about today. We got toxic exposures we'll get to. We got, uh, let me see, all the fun you had in Iraq we're going to get to in just a little bit. But after all that time in the military, you know, you made the transition yourself, and you were a graphic designer, 
you you made comic books. Some awards were won there, from what I understand. And then mm-hmm. you ended up not getting the job as a t-shirt graphic designer with the company you're now COO of. And you started folding shirts. I mean, you literally went from like a grunt at grunt style to the boardroom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my wife, uh, you know, she she likes to tell me all the time that uh, you know it's a, it's a Cinderella story that uh, you know she'd be proud to talk about uh, to everybody that you come across. Uh, I'm a little bit more of a humble person, and you know, just keep my head down and drive, drive, drive. And you know, over the years, that uh, has you know provided me, me the opportunity to be in this uh, incredible position that I am, and you know, being with this incredible company that is influencing the country in, in many different ways, from patriotism to you know, it's a reverent. Um, you know, approach uh, from a veteran perspective, you know, it's not being the smartest person in the room. It's being smart enough to know that you're not, and you need to surround yourself with people far more smarter than you to accomplish the mission. Mm, and that actually kind of summarizes, I think, the grunt style philosophy on hiring, too, because I've noticed as you guys do employ over 50% veterans, um, you've said in other interviews that that's really the greatest thing about hiring a veteran. It doesn't necessarily need to be the veteran with the prestigious college degree or that perfect skill set or that perfect set of experience on paper. It's the fact that a veteran will find out how to get it done and will do it with a dedication and a fierceness that most of your candidates won't do, especially those from like plush backgrounds. (laughs) You're absolutely right, Phil. And, you know, it's the one thing I've always found unique about the veteran community is you know, when we're exiting the military, we all go through this thing called TAPS, Transition Assistance Program and Services. And they, they try to set you up for your exit to go back into the private sector, you know, get your resume in order, you know, here's the job that you do in the military, go find things along these lines, da 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 And, you know, I think across the board, everybody can say that that program has been a wide, just been a, a huge failure. Um, and, you know, what I'd really like to, to focus on what the veteran brings to the private industry is not necessarily trade skills, right? Trade skills, you know, everybody can, you know, to some reasonable degree uh, participate in trade skills. Uh, but it comes down to the, the, the leadership, the task management, the organizational skills. Yeah, man. And you can see it evidenced in your background. You didn't go into grunt style with some sort of business management pedigree. Um, in the Marine Corps, you were an 0311, which uh, for those that don't know, um, that's the guys with guns, man. You know, <laughs> the M4s and the rocket launchers and the, 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 the door the, kickers, the door kickers, man, the squad automatics. Um, tell me a little bit about what an 0311 is, like just kind of the 30,000 foot view for those that don't know. Oh, sure. You know, the infantry is uh, exactly as you said. There's the, the individuals that are on the ground uh, utilizing small uh, small unit tactics to uh, close with and destroy the enemy through fire and maneuver. That's the, the mission of the infantry. Uh, it's pretty simple uh, because it's a simple job. Uh, it just takes a lot of strategy and a lot of brain power to you know, maneuver on the enemy in, in, in unique ways. Um, you know, we found that to be you know, very interesting when we were in country in Iraq in 0405, you know, fighting against a very... Uh, dug-in enemy that is using guerrilla and insurgents tactics against us. So we're, we weren't fighting a traditional war, whereas force-on-force, you know, we, in the, the seven months we were there, you know, those force-on-force engagements were relatively small in, in, in terms of the greater mix of ambushes, IEDs, um, you know, thug tactics that, that, that were being employed during that time. Mm-hmm. Let me ask, where were you in Iraq? 
I was deployed to the area called the Triangle of Death. So we were in uh, the northern Babel province um, between Mamadia, Yusufia, uh, and Latafia. Um, it was a very, very turbulent area. Um, I was there when uh, Operation Phantom Fury was happening in Fallujah. Uh, the, the push through Fallujah was happening, and you know, we were uh, part of that operation, the, the trap door that was um, you know, coordinating traffic through the one main bridge that was allowing traffic and uh, you know, the people um, towards the Baghdad area. Uh, so it was a very, very unique uh, time frame. And we had multiple missions um, from uh, route clearance to uh, keeping the main MSRs open. Uh, to uh, uh, deploying zip code offensives to where we broke the battalion up into uh, smaller company level uh, fobs and we were you know documenting engaging and living in some cases with everybody in that uh, AO and it was it was a it was a very interesting time to be in the Marine Corps they call it surge for a reason, and uh, indeed, <laughs> you guys certainly surged. Uh, we thank you, and we certainly appreciate everything uh, you know that went down and everything that you guys have served for and lived through. And you go to this sure. T-shirt company being made called Grunt Style. Um, it's expanding. It's growing. Dan Alaric down there selling went from selling T-shirts out of the trunk of his car to a manufacturing base that hires veterans to making this incredibly cool brand with the crossed rifles on the sleeve and the flag on the other sleeve and it's got some really cool designs some are meant some are meant to be a little bit and sort of ball busty and some are just pretty cool i own two of them i've got the betsy ross 13 stars uh version and then i've got one that says dad on the front and uh, uh, brother those are rookie numbers you need to pump those up <laughs> they, they really are. I, I apparently am not patriot enough, nor do I love whiskey and bacon enough if I only have two shirts. I really do got to get it up. But uh, we'll uh, look to do that. But as you look to this company to work in graphic design, it wasn't necessarily where you fit in. And you were folding shirts. You were a press operator. You were working on the manufacturing floor and uh, years later to become the COO. Um, how the heck did that happen? Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was it was resolved. Um, you know, the, an opportunity was placed in front of me uh, back as early as you know I, I was folding T-shirts, and you know uh, the company was growing really quickly. I was motivated. I was a little probably a little bit older, and, you know, a little a little sharper in my faculties at the the age I was at. Uh, probably a little older than what I would uh, you know, com- uh, compare myself against my peers. Um, but you know, the, the, there was these opportunities just kept showing up. I was like. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do that. I'm not even going to ask, right? I'm just going to go do it because I know I can do it. I can get it done, uh, and it's one of those things where I'll ask for forgiveness later. And you know that uh, that whole attitude of you know just seeing opportunity, you know, putting putting my mind towards it and saying that I'm not going to fail. Uh, and if I do fail, what are, what are the learnings that I take out of that failure, and how can I apply it to the next project I'm going to be working on? That's it. That's that's how I, I really maneuvered through the company and went from folding t-shirts to be press operator, lead press operator, operations or production manager, operations manager. It's a simple mindset, right? It's, there's nothing out there that I can't, I can't, I can't do. And if I can't do it, I'm going to find somebody that can help me get it done. And of course the fierce operator beard probably helped you advance within the company (laughs) as well. Don't think that goes unnoticed. Um, it, it, it certainly makes decision-making a lot easier. When you see that much <laughs> facial hair giving an order, you're just like, okay, I got it. 
And we'll be back with more from Grunt Style's Tim Jensen and how they're taking on Congress next. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now, if you've ever seen a patriotic-looking T-shirt that reads Whiskey Helps, or maybe a flag made of rifles and bullets, or even the more direct, blank your feelings, (laughs) well, then you've seen the paramilitary fashion statement that is the brand Grunt Style. Now that the company sells millions of shirts every year, it's taking its edgy, direct attitude and applying it to important veteran issues. We'll return now to my interview with Marine Combat Veteran and Company COO, Tim Jensen. We started taking trips up to Washington, D.C., uh, getting uh, legislators and representatives involved in the conversation and, and really putting a lot of effort into mobilizing uh, you know, some change that is des- desperately needed within the, the, the Veterans Administration um, in specifics to toxic exposure. Now, that list includes burn pits, uh, includes you know chemical exposure for you know permethrin that was sprayed on our uniforms to keep the bugs away uh, that you know is now leaching it has leached into our skin and is you know producing cancers um, you know the, the heavy metals in our blood um, the list is extremely long and unfortunately these cancers are not cancers that you're just going to be able to get a couple treatments and walk away from. These are terminable uh, cancers that are really affecting our community, and the VA is doing such a horrible job at getting them the representation that they need that these veterans are losing their homes, they're losing their families, they're committing suicide because they can't afford the health care, they're putting the family in financial despair, and the government's not doing anything about it. So we put together legislation. We're going to be... Uh, presenting in September, and it's a simple nine-page bill that addresses two things, uh, presumption and then putting the oversight into a third party at the National Academy of Sciences, Health, and Medicine that has 15 to 20 years' worth of data that they've already been doing the work on, tying all these cancers to the things that we've been exposed to. That is it. It is that simple. Very cool, and thank you. You got so in detail there. I didn't even have to do my follow-up questions. I loved it. Loved it. (laughs) But I do want to follow up with like one or two things. Um, Specifically, you said presumption. Share with me why that is so damn important in making sure the veterans get the care that they need. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it, right? Uh, At the end of the day, listen, I'm going to be a little bit harsh about it, but the, the science is in. You know, all the data has been collected. There is more evidence that shows these exposures directly tied to um, these these cancers, right? What more do we need to research, right? This is just another delay and deny tactic that the VA has done. You know, more uh, more recently, you know, all we have to do is look back to you know Agent Orange, which a lot of Vietnam veterans are still fighting in the VA system, right? And it's it's unfair. Uh, these these men and women deserve better for the things that they've done for the country. It's not us, the veterans, that are you know um, asking to go to war. It's the failures of politicians. It's the failure of government that uh, cannot solve the problems that forces the hand of the American military to respond, and then we get left holding the bag. That's not fair. I've uh, I've been personally affected. My best friend, uh, Sergeant Frank Hazelwood, died back in two thousand eight. Uh, my colonel uh, has died uh, last last year, and most recently, my XO uh, has died uh, from brain cancer. 
you know, and, and this is unacceptable. And none of those individuals were ever, you know, uh, treated fairly and with dignity within the VA system. And I'm, I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. You know, you look at the quotes from Wilkie, and they're always just this song and dance. Well, we're going to look into doing our best. Well, we're going to try to do our best. Our constituents are spoken, and we, we believe they should get the best care. And at the end of the day, they don't. And it's freaking politicians that get in the way. I noticed you have Senator Gillibrand on board on this, again, live-streamed event called the Military Toxic Exposure Conference. Um, Senator Gillibrand is there. And I don't yeah. want to just talk about the people that are good in supporting you. But rather, do you know, in your trips to Washington, D.C., are there people we should be calling out right now? Yes, 100 uh, percent. I'm looking at a list right now. I shared this on my uh, my Instagram page uh, not uh, last week. Uh, so Grunt Style First Sergeant on Instagram. You can check this list out yourself. But it is essentially the, you know, a, a list of 74 individuals uh, that is on the House Committee of Veteran Affairs. Um, you know, alphabetical, uh, alphabetized from Ralph Abram all the way to Lee Zeldin uh, with their with their military uh, branch of service that they served in. Uh, and I would say that the majority of the people in the House Committee of Veterans Affairs are doing nothing. They are standing there with their hands in their pockets, waiting for the opportunity to just put their name on something after all the hard work has been done. I'm not down for that, and that's not that's not the country that I think that we that we as a people want for ourselves. And you know, I'm of the mind that we deserve everything that is given to us because of our inability to vote. This is an opportunity for our, our veteran community to get together and say, you know what, you guys aren't voting for us. We're going to hold you responsible. And, you know, I've, I've put their names on the list. I know, uh, I'll, I'll, unfortunately, a lot of these guys buy from me, uh, uh, from a brand, and I'm going to put them on blast, right? And I know, I know where their districts are. I know how many constituents are in their districts. I've laid it, overlaid a heat map of the people that purchase from, from Grunstyle in their districts, and I can geofence every one of these guys and gals and, and make them feel the pressure from their constituents, uh, and I'm going to do that. Um, one of the things that we have on our landing page uh, is a, uh, a form letter that uh, has everything, all the information on it. All you have to do is put your name on it and download it, and you can send it straight to the representative of your, uh, of your district. And we need to put the we need to put their feet to the fire because they're in the position that they can make change and they're not doing anything. And it's the ugly business. It is the sausage making of legislation. And it starts with thoughts and bills and 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 concepts and they get put on long pieces of paper and sent to committees and then they get debated on committees and then it yeah. gets passed around and it might take six months to six years for it to get moved to the floor for a vote and some other guy in a tie with white hair gets to decide whether or not it gets voted on that day and it's BS. Right. And I think we saw yeah. with John Stewart's involvement, who is also on this <coughs> panel, like just dumbing it down so even guys like you and me can get it so even grunts yeah. even even we can get this and we can yeah, do something absolutely. about it i think it's cool how you guys are mobile how you guys are mobilizing the grunt style audience guest of honor of course is john stewart uh you've got dr robert miller who was one of the original researchers on toxic exposures and showed congress 20 years ago that it's real um, you've right. got a former VA secretary, David Shulkin on there and Senator Gillibrand, of course, uh, many others, but, uh, it is the military toxic exposure conference. It's live streamed August 28th 
at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, you want to check that out. There's links to that through the Grunt Style Facebook page and uh, just so much more to come. So uh, really, really appreciate your time, man. Tim, great getting to know you and that scary beard. Love the videos. (laughs) Love the shirts. And uh, love your service. But I love what you're doing with it, man. That's right. And uh, I thank you for the opportunity to share this. And if there's something I can leave all the listeners with today, it's the you know, one thing I've heard over and over and over when my visits to the Hill is, you know, a lot of these happen behind closed doors and in cloakroom deals. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, those days are over. We can't allow that anymore. This is a constitutional republic, and we should be debating these things in the open forum and getting a massive exchange of ideas. These days of, of talking in the back room, we cannot do it no more. And this is the opportunity that we can make a difference. Grunt style. Love it, Tim. Appreciate your time, man. Well, thank you. For ConnectingVets.com, I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs, and I'll talk to you again on CBS Eye on Veterans. Eye on Veterans Weekend has been presented by University of Maryland Global Campus. Choose from 90-plus programs and specializations to accelerate your military or civilian career and find out how our dedicated military and veteran advisors can help you navigate your benefits to save you time and money. University of Maryland Global Campus. Find out how we're made for you. Visit umgc.edu. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.